Hi folks, welcome to the Arabian Horse Connection, the official podcast of the Arabian Horse Association. Tune in every other week as we discuss industry trends, news, and all things Arabian horses. We are here to honor the versatility, heritage, and future of the Arabian horse, connecting you to this legendary breed. I'm your host, Katie Feitner. Join me as we delve into the world of Arabian horses. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Arabian Horse Connection, the official podcast of the Arabian Horse Association. I'm your host, Katie Feitner, and this week we're discussing a topic very near and dear to the heritage of the Arabian horse, distance riding. But before I introduce today's guests, I wanted to share some news and updates from AHA. First, as you may have heard, May is Meat and Arabian Horse Month. However, due to the current circumstances surrounding COVID-19, Meat and Arabian Horse Month has gone virtual. So we are encouraging you to introduce your Arabian horse through social media. This could be a photo, a video, or even a TikTok, something that is creative that you feel really showcases your Arabian horse. Be sure to tag the Arabian Horse Association in all of your posts and use the hashtag meet an Arabian horse. I'll also provide a link in our show notes so that you can find more information via our website about meet an Arabian horse month. We are also offering a membership discount currently. If you renew your membership, you will receive 50, 15% off your entire order on the AHA online store. So right now, this offer is valid through May 31st, so if you do need to renew your membership, now would be a perfect time to do so. Next, if you haven't tried our newest member benefit, Virtual Clinics, be sure to sign up. Virtual Clinics are a really great way for you to receive professional and personal feedback from the comfort of your own arena. So what does that entail? Basically, every week a discipline is picked and you have the option of recording a video of yourself riding a pattern within that discipline. Once you're done with that video, just upload it and it will be assessed by an accredited judge and returned with feedback a week from submission. Disciplines also change weekly, so if you don't see your preferred discipline one week, it will likely be featured in the coming weeks. Right now, the cost is $30.00. And the program really gives you the opportunity to hone your skills as a rider with real, without really having to leave your arena. So it's a really good way to be working on your horsemanship skills and practicing for upcoming shows when everyone can begin to go to shows again. Signing up is really easy, and I'll also include the link in our show notes to the sign-up link so you can find more information via our website. Lastly, we still have the registration amnesty special going on with reduced fees to register horses that are over two years old. The amnesty has been extended until June 30th, 2020. The cost is $250 for Arabians and $150 for half and Anglo-Arabians. Don't miss out on this opportunity if you do need to register a horse that is over two years old because the prices have greatly been reduced. So all registration applications can be found on the registration section of the AHA website. I'll also provide a link in the show notes as well. So if you need to download those applications, you can do so from the web. Um, As always, if you do have any questions, you can always give our registry services team a call at 303-696-4500, option 2. They are happy to help. All right, folks, I'm really excited to introduce our guests. This week, we are going to go the distance, so to speak, with Elena and Gunnar Frank, a husband and wife duo who own and operate Iron Vikings Equine Endurance in Vanita, Oklahoma. Elena and Gunnar not only host endurance rides on their ranch, but they also sell a myriad of products that assist in the comfort and health of distance riders and their horses. They have both been riding and competing with their distance horses since 2006, and throughout that time, they have completed multiple 50 and 100 mile rides all over the country, along with a few national titles as well. So without further ado, please welcome Elena and Gunnar Frank. Thanks so much for being on our podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Awesome. So 
um, we'll go ahead and just kind of get started with some questions. So first of all, would you mind just telling um, us a little bit about yourself, you know, how yourselves, how you got started in the industry um, with endurance riding, all that good stuff, some background? Sure. Um, so we kind of got started, uh, gosh, 2006. Uh, we wanted to we wanted to ride horses across the country. And so we thought, well, maybe endurance riding is a good way to get started learning <laughs> what we need to do to go long distance riding. Uh, so we happened to get with a lady down in Houston and she had Arabs and of course Arabs dominate the sport of endurance and just started riding those and got absolutely addicted to distance riding and endurance. So unfortunately have never managed to ride across the country because we spend all our time, you know, hauling our horses across the country to go <laughs> ride distance rides. Um, it's an absolutely addictive sport. Uh, so from there, we kind of started accumulating horses, Arabs and half Arabs. Um, and just now we've got um, six Arabs and one, uh, well, two half Arabs and four purebreds. Um, absolutely love them. They're incredible horses. And um, we have Gosh, I don't know how many. My husband's won a few national championships on his horses. Uh, he's he's more competitive than I am, so I usually come in, you know, a couple of horses back. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, we hosted the distance national championship, Arabian Horse Association's distance national championship, twice now. Um, unfortunately, last year's we had a lot of rain. So it made the ride really difficult um, mm -hmm. and impacted our numbers on, on riders, but mm -hmm. everybody had a good time. It was a successful ride. AHA does a phenomenal job with their championships. They're just wonderful to work with. Have you guys always been um, endurance riders or did you do any other disciplines before endurance riding? Uh, now nah, I grew up on horses. I, I grew up on, you know, quarter horses here in cattle country and, but not really anything, no other discipline other than just, you know, going out and chasing cows every now and then. Um, Gunnar, he was a, um, a gaucho in South America for a while. That was his experience with horses. Uh, wow. chasing, yeah, <laughs> chasing cows down there or being chased by cows. So, um, but uh, no, uh, no other, no other disciplines or sports with horses beyond that. So when we dove into endurance, uh, we had nothing. We had no experience, um, no land, no trailer, no nothing. We just, oh wow, it, it bit us so hard, <laughs> the endurance bug that it ch completely changed our lives. <laughs> oh, that's so cool! It's so cool that you just jumped into it and it just, it just, you took off from there. Oh yeah. Well, I think a lot of, a lot of people who do experience it and they, they love it. They get mm -hmm. hooked because it, the, the environment is such a family. I mean, the endurance family is a family mm -hmm. and we, you know, we, we spend so much time together on trail with mm -hmm. other riders and our horses that you, you really develop bonds with people. It's usually an all weekend kind of thing. You know, you load the trailer up, you get to the ride site, you're camping out with these people, and then, you know, you're spending the day on the trail with them. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's, it is, it's a lot of fun. And then that's, that's with the people, but the, 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 the relationship you develop with your horse is just a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you both know each other so well that, um, you you get to the point where you you miss time to spend that time with your horse mm -hmm. you, you got to get out there and you got to ride and you got to spend that kind of time with your horse so it's it's um very fun it's out yeah it sounds like you really do have to have a bond because i know that sometimes you can go do like 100 mile rides 50 mile rides and that's that's a long ride so you got to make sure you're out riding your horse and making sure that it's in shape and you're, you know, going over the trails and things like that. So 
I can imagine you guys have to be bonded at the hip, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, definitely. It is, it is extremely important that you spend the hours riding and conditioning your horse before you do a ride so that on ride day, you know what your horse acts like, you know how Mm -hmm. they behave. Um, And no matter what, the ride day is always different than training days. You know, the, the horses in a completely different environment with a bunch of other horses around. So they behave differently, but, um, you, you need to know what your horse normally is like so that you can take care of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, those, those 50 mile days, a hundred mile days, hundred miles is, is a long ride. That's a, that's a long day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Long time in the saddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think uh, the longest hundred mile uh, my husband what did was 23 hours and 45 minutes. Oh my gosh. It's like a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that Holy was, only. that was a long, that was a long, hard day. Um, now, but other times, you know, the, that the terrain really de- dictates the time on trail. So if you've got a nice, more easy, moderate terrain, then the rides a hundred miles doesn't take that long. I think, um, you know, there's lots of people do them while well, the certificate of completion um, or certification, I guess, is um, like 13 hours, I think, for international okay. level. Yeah, so you can get it done a whole lot faster depending on the trail and the terrain. So, wow. but the, the 100 mile ride, riding out in the mountains is just, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. It's beautiful. You know, I mean, you spend mm-hmm. a day going through places that a lot of people don't get to see, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, I imagine it's, um, you know, it's more than just a a trail ride, so to speak. You really kind of have to be in tune with what's going on around you and the land and your horse and all of those things all at one time. That's sounds like a really cool, um, and unique experience too. Really special. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It, it is not, you know, they, there is definitely a difference between distance riding and trail riding. You're, you're busy the whole time when you're doing a distance ride. You're constantly monitoring the trail, looking at the trail, looking at your horse, listening to your horse, mm-hmm. uh, finding the best routes, you know. I mean, there, there's a trail ahead of you, but you don't just, you, unfortunately, you can't just let your horse pick every step, you know. You kind of have to right. look at it and see, you know, there's there's some rocks over there or there's some mud here or something like that. So it's a very active day. So, so after you started distance riding, when did you end up starting Iron Vikings Equine Endurance and how has it kind of evolved? Uh, it, um, well, my husband is Swedish, so we had to come up with something that had something to do with the, you know, Viking heritage that he has. Oh, cool, <laughs> so, cool. So that's, that's how we came up with the Iron Viking. Um, we, we were in Texas originally when we started endurance and, um, moved back. Oklahoma is my home. And so we moved back to the family ranch in 2012 and we've got enough land here that Gunner designed and put trails on the land. So we've got like 40 miles of permanent marked trails on our property. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that makes it great for us for conditioning and then we can host the rides which is the biggest thing that we do is host rides Mm -hmm. we have um a night ride in july in the summertime and then in the fall we have a two-day ride uh, around the end of october so um and then you know from with the last uh, twice having the distance nationals here so that that's a lot of work to maintain and keep those trails up but it's you know it's it's a lot of fun it's a way we can give back to the sport Mm -hmm. to have um to host these rides um and the the iron viking business part of it um is is just the not it's hard to even call it a business (laughs) which i needed some way to take care of my horses after rides you know and Mm so and i've got you know my husband's horse and my horse plus a lot of times we have another two horses at the trailer that are going to go the next day so we got four Mm -hmm. horses we got to take care of and after riding 50 miles or 100 miles i'm i'm tired so Mm -hmm. 
I wanted to find ways to make it easier for me to take care of them. And um, so that's why some of those products came out is just me trying to find something that works better. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it also Gunner finding ways to help keep me in the saddle and keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I guess I break easily. So he, he's uh, made some starts for me to stay in the saddle and oh cool um, yeah so it's it's all all of the iron viking stuff that we have is is basically things that we develop to just try to help ourselves so and mm-hmm. then if if somebody else it helps somebody else then that's great um then you know we 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 like to help so mm-hmm. that's kind of how how that evolved and um business side of it it's you know not so much as a as a business as more just kind of like you know we have some stuff <laughs> gotcha i love your message when you go onto your website you know you're creating products that help distance riders and their horses which i think is really cool and and going off that how important is you know, healthcare for horses is important as a general rule, but how much more maintenance do distance horses need generally when they're in the prime of their careers as distance horses? Do they need more than most or how does that kind of work? I would say, um, well, you know, it's hard to say if they need more than, than most, but, you Mm -hmm. know, the goal of endurance riding and distance riding is this isn't our horse's prime age or, you know, is like 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. And we ride these horses on into their, you know, like right now we're, I'm, I'm competing on a 17 year old and Gunner's got an 18 year old um, that are still prime condition. So it's longevity that we go for with these horses. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 I've got a 5,000 mile horse um and another one that's right behind it so 5,000 miles of competition is a lot of miles so um it is we really fine-tune and 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 really watch the horses I mean Mm -hmm. for for the horses to compete they have to be perfect before they start and they have to be perfect at the finish of the ride Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you, the vets will pull the horse if they're not uh, 100% fit to fit to continue down the trail, even after riding 100 miles. So mm-hmm. um, it's imperative that they are sound and healthy. So hoof care is an uh, absolute must. You've got to make mm-hmm. sure that they're landing right on their on their on their hooves and their legs because anything that's off and the hoof goes all the way up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no hooves, no horse, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so longevity is very important. And to, if you want that, you've got to really pay attention to their feet and, and their nutrition, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you you got to be feeding them the right feed for their discipline, you know? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's different than the the fast twitch muscle sports, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the racing or the, the, the uh, barrel racing or the jumping and all of that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a different discipline. So they, you have to feed them differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that amazing thing about horses is, and especially Arabians is once you get them fit, uh, you need to let them rest more than you need to exercise them. So once you get them up to the point that they can do 50 and 100 miles, uh, you've you got to let them rest a lot more. So you just put them out in the pasture and let them be a horse mm-hmm. for, you know, a couple of weeks before you and don't mess with them, you know, mm-hmm. so they completely recover after every event. So it is, um, it's, it's, rest is the most important once they're fit. That's really interesting about the the difference between a like a barrel racing horse or a speed horse versus a distance horse because they're both athletes but they're athletes in different ways yeah exactly exactly um it's a we have we have friends that are barrel racers and they they come out and um you know their horses are quick and our arabs are quick but um then our our they they go ride we you know our, our short loop is on our trails is like eight miles and they go ride the eight miles with us and that they're, they're done, you know, I mean, they're, wow. they're done a lot of times before the eight miles comes up and their horses are fit, but mm-hmm. 
they're just it's not the the long distance um it takes it takes like three years to build a hundred mile endurance horse wow so, yeah you 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 get started and and you're looking at you know six months to a year before you're probably putting your horse in a 50 mile competition depending wow. on what they've done before if they've just been out in the pasture or um uh, something like that it takes it takes you gotta you really have to build things up before you wow. put the, the longer distances you know so yeah so you gotta be in it for the longevity yeah if yes. you're like very passionate about distance riding it's not like you can kind of um you kind of are devoted to your horse for that amount of time before you buy or sell or something like that yeah yeah you i mean you can go out and buy an endurance horse you know a horse that's already been brought up that's that's of course possible um but we we enjoy building them from the ground up ourselves mm -hmm. um and and there you know in the distance sports there's the shorter distances also there's you know the 25 miles uh there's the competitive trail um mm -hmm. type uh, distance riding and those rides are, are a shorter distance and it doesn't require as as much time to build up to those distances you know so gotcha. that that's a really good entry point if you're interested in doing distance riding then mm -hmm. then you know you get your horse and you go ride them you know spend some time riding them and then go enter a 25 mile ride or a 50 mile ride especially arabs Mm -hmm. Arabs are so well designed for this sport. It's like that's their natural way of being. So mm -hmm. it doesn't take as long to bring an Arab up and 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 going in this sport as it does to take like a quarter horse or something like that. Right. You know? So the the shorter distances are a wonderful way to get started, and you can get started much quicker with that. Okay. So is there like a, I know that there are a few different types of distance riding, um, like mounted orienteering um, and a few other ones. Could you talk a little bit about the different types of distance riding and maybe what would be a really good starting point for a, um, a very beginner that's looking to get into um, distance riding? So um, the competitive trail, which has different disciplines, there's the NAY track, and then there's the um, Arabian Horses Association's version of um, competitive distance riding, competitive trail. Um, there, so there's several different ones. You're just gonna have to find one that's in your area. You know which mm -hmm. which discipline, which organization is operating in your area. Mm -hmm. um, competitive trail is a great place to get started. Um, they have the shorter distances. They have, I think, a pretty good novice type program. Um, it also has a lot of horsemanship involved. So, and, and some of them, depending on the, on the organization, has like an obstacles, like, you know, they, and they judge you on your obstacles. I, I, you know, how, mm -hmm. how do you, how well do you do opening and closing gates um, and different things on trail. Um, the mounted orienteering would be awesome and i wish i could find you know know something about it but it just doesn't happen to be in our area so mm. we we haven't got to do it and that sounds like it would be a ball that sounds like a a great fun um mm. but i don't know i don't i don't have any firsthand experience with it mm. um, so it's like you you go out you have locations on a map that you have to get to and um, find the, the spot and then move on to the next, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the endurance also in endurance riding, we've got uh, intro distances, which are like you know, anywhere from eight to, eight to 16, 17 miles. Um, they're held at the same time as the other distances on that day. Um, so you kind of get a feel for how the whole environment goes how the vet checks go um most in most distance sports are going to have a veterinarian check so your mm -hmm. horse is going to be checked out before and after to make sure everything is good it, it, it helps people especially new people when you don't really know um what to be looking for the vet mm -hmm. checks help you to see this is oh this is what i need to look for for metabolic problems or hydration or lameness um mm -hmm. and and the the vet vet checks are wonderful education sources you know 
you get to spend some time there listening and watching the vet and seeing what they're looking at. And you're, mm -hmm. and then on top of that, you're getting a, a check, a veterinarian check on your horse uh, for the price of your entry fee, you know? So oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. So it's, it's really great. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a money saver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, those are all. Those are the all the ones that the the most organized, I believe, distance sports, the competitive trail, the mounted orienteering, the the endurance, um, that have the biggest following. Um, I think that uh, and the competitive trail is a very wide range because they've got several different types. Um, so uh, we ended up in endurance because um, it's a little bit freer, uh, in our opinion. So the rules governing how you go down the trail and what you do at your trailer and things like that are are more. They don't have they don't have any rules on that. You the 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 object is to get through the course as the course is marked um with your horse being in in fit to continue condition afterwards so um they if you come upon a spot on the trail where you feel like uh that's unsafe i don't want to ride my horse across that or mm -hmm. i you can you absolutely can get off your horse and lead your horse over anything that you feel like um okay. on a on a hundred mile ride, a lot of times we get off our horses and we walk down the, we hand lead them down the, the steep parts or we, uh, we do lots of things to conserve our horses. So if we feel like, you know, I'm just going to get off and, and run with my horse. Mm -hmm. So the endurance has a little bit, they're more open on that kind of thing. Um, oh, and that just brought up another distance sport. There is um, ride and tie. So if you've got two friends and one horse, you can go do a distance riding event also. So one person that one person runs and one person rides, and then they get to a certain point where the person riding the horse obviously passes the person running. The, mm -hmm. And that the rider decides, okay, I think this is probably all the further the runner wants to run. So they get off, they tie the horse to a tree or something, and they they start running, and then the. Oh, wow. Yeah, the first runner comes along and finds the horse tied to the tree, gets on the horse and starts, you know, starts riding, mm -hmm. eventually passes the now the runner and rides past them for a certain bit and then gets off and ties the horse and starts running again. So it's like leapfrog with the horse. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a it's a really neat sport. You get so so if you've got two people and only one horse, that's the perfect sport for you. Oh, that is. It's like a, that's like a workout for you and the horse. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it definitely gives you an appreciation of what the horse has to go through. When you're down on the ground running, mm -hmm. you get a good feel. Wow. This is, especially if you're running in sand or something. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You find out, wow, this is, this is tougher on the horse than you expect, you know? So it's a, it's a really, really good way for you to educate yourself. That's a cool one, especially if you do, you know, you do want to do an event and for some reason you have one horse and you want to do it with a friend. That's a really good way to get out in the community and have fun and get yes. some exercise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so going off of the different disciplines, are there special pieces of tack that you need saddles, any items that you, you know, need to be wearing when you start distance riding? or anything that you can think of that you would, that's kind of essential to wear or to um, use as tack? Um, I say the number one thing is don't ride in jeans. Mm. It's surprising how much a pair of jeans, even if you, you think you spend all day in a, on a trail ride, you're fine, but in distance riding, you're, you're trotting a lot. So <laughs> jeans chafe. Jeans will tear a hole in your skin. <laughs> so riding tights or um, mm -hmm. whatever kind of riding pant that you can get that has, you know, no chafing. Um, and then for the horse, a well-fitting saddle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's important because you're spending a lot of time on their back. And if the saddle doesn't fit well, then you're going to you're going to hurt the horse. So you need to need to make sure the saddle fits well. There's, 
to start in any of the writing, the distance disciplines, there are no requirements on your tack. You do whatever works. And so that makes it really interesting going to the rides that you see an array of everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, anything and everything, you know, whatever works for that horse and that rider, that's what people use. Um, we, we prefer, um, easily clean tacks. Uh, so we don't have very much leather on our stuff. Mm. So we use, um, biothane, uh, for the bridles. Um, the, the saddles are made out of carbon fiber. Uh, uh we go for a lightweight saddle for ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, my husband is a heavyweight rider. So we, always are looking for ways to take the weight off of the horse's back you know whatever we can do to shave weight off of his his gear mm -hmm. um so uh, you certainly you know going out with a big heavy western saddle um you know you, you could do that for the shorter distances after a while you're going to get tired of lugging that big heavy saddle around because a lot of times at the vet checks you have to take the saddles off mm -hmm. so the vets can get a good look at the horse so taking that big heavy saddle on and off a couple of times, you're going to be pretty tired of it too. So eventually you may end up wanting to, you know, change your saddle, find something smaller, mm -hmm. uh, lighter weight, more streamlined. Um, uh, an English saddle might be a little uncomfortable for you after a while and maybe a little uncomfortable for the horse, but it's, it's not, it's just, you're just, you find whatever works. And then you go with that. There's no no specific requirements. Based on speed and efficiency, you'd want some nice light tack, things that are easy to clean. And then um, you're talking about the vet checks. Yeah, that would be difficult to lug on and off a big giant Western saddle with all the cinches and yeah, all that craziness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I have to say, we were at a at a ride, and a junior. I mean, I don't know how tall she was. Maybe I don't. I don't know, she was maybe 10 and she had a big, big Arab. Mm -hmm. So, um, at the end of the ride, they, they wanted tack off. So, uh, she had taken the tack off and I mean, and she's, she barely comes up to the belly of the horse and she's got a Western saddle. Mm -hmm. So I was impressed that she got the tack off. And after she ended up coming in the top 10, and in top 10 in endurance ride, you get to have your horse stand for best condition. Mm. So they, they, they grade the horse on how it looks after the ride. And then they take into account the, the rider weight and tack weight and mm -hmm. um, place the time that they finished. So they want you to weigh yourself and your tack afterwards. So this little girl, she came in top 10. And so they wanted to weigh her. And, but she misunderstood. And she thought she was supposed to put the tack and back on the horse and that she was going to, they were going to weigh her and the horse <laughs> attack and everything together. That little girl somehow managed from below the horse to get her Western saddle back up on that horse and cinched back up. I was so impressed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is, um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's always something fun. It's always yeah. interesting things to see. But yeah, you, you would want to streamline your tack as you go. There's no reason to change anything to start. You know, don't change mm -hmm. a thing. You've been riding in whatever it is you've been riding in. Go to your first ride and keep the same stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as, as things progress, then maybe pick and choose and change little bits out and, and um, then keep your eye open for that saddle that you just have to have. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you and a little bit more about the vet checks because it seems like it is more of a unique occurrence that goes on in the distance world and kind of what the vet looks for and how they go. Could you explain a little bit more about the vet checks? Yes. Yeah. So um, endurance vet checks and competitive trail are probably very, very similar. Competitive trail has a few more rules of, um, on things. I think you have to have the same vet look at you every single time. Um, whereas in endurance, it depends on just where you come in. Um, you have a vet card that you're given whenever um, 
you, you, when you go to the ride meeting and your vet card has your number on it and your horse's number on it. And this is kind of how they keep track of everything. Um, and they have, a, so they score the horse on basically on their metabolic and their soundness. So they go through and they take the heart rate of the horse. Um, and every, you know, the rides have a little bit different criteria. Your heart rate on your horse is usually got to be somewhere around 64 beats per minute before they're even allowed to start the, the check. So you come in off the trail, your horse's pulse rate has to, and then this is true for both competitive and endurance. Your horse's pulse rate has to come down to 64 beats per minute before you can proceed. And you have to have that down within 30 minutes or else you're disqualified. So there's a time limit on that because, you know, if you, if you, if you ride too hard, your horse's heart rate won't come down. It won't come down quick enough. So that, that's a way to keep you from riding too hard um, and to, to, to keep horses from getting into trouble. So your heart rate has to come down to 64 within 30 minutes of coming off the trail. And then um, they check the mucous membranes. I, I can go down a list here. Uh, the mucous membranes, your capillary refill, your jugular refill, skin tinting. They listen to the guts, listen for the gut sounds. Um, and then they check the muscle tone, the back and withers area, tack, galls, and wounds. Then they look at the gait and their impulsion and their attitude. Um, so they, they check that heart rate. They look at their mucous membranes, which is in their mouth, to see, you know, are they, are they tacky? Are they dry? Because um, that's a sign of metabolic, you know, the horse is over, overworked. Um, and then they have you trot your horse out uh, 120 feet, I think. You trot your horse out and back, and they watch the, the gate. They watch the horse trot and um, see that everything's good and sound there. And then the, the listening to the guts, of course, is extremely important. Um, so making sure that there's gut sounds there. And then they check your pulse again after they have you trot. And again, it's got to be down below 64. And a lot of times what's amazing is you would think, okay, so the horse just trotted out and back, the heart rate's going to go up, but it doesn't. It should drop. If it goes up, then something else is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, if it drops, then you know the same or below is what you normally want to see. So, um, so you do your vet check, and then when you pass your vet check, you get um, a hold time which um, is, could be anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and at that time you take your horse back and you go get them something to eat. You let them rest and eat and you rest and eat. And then you go back and check out and do your next loop. Um, check in with the out timer, then you go out and do your next loop. And then you'll do that when you finish your second loop, you come back and you do another vet check. Um, or if that's when you finish, they do the final vet exam, which is, they're all the same. They go through those same, that same list and they grade your horse. So um, the, the, everything has to be good to be able to complete. Like I said before, early, it, 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 if there's anything wrong with your horse after you finish the ride, then, they, then you'll still be disqualified. So, wow. Yeah, welfare of the horse is of utmost importance. That's that's the most important thing about this. That's really cool how involved those vet checks are because that, you know, puts it back on the owner too of they need to really be responsible for their horse and their horse's health before they can compete. Yeah, it's it's the vets and the vets are great. I mean, the vets are really um they're, they're, they're really there to help you and the horse, you know, the, the horse's health is their primary objective. And a lot of times they'll, you know, they look at something and they say, you know, this may not be anything. So go back to the vet check, check it out, see, you know, maybe he just, you know, he had a little stumble there or something in the, on the, on the trot out, just go take a look and, and come back before you're supposed to go back out and let's take another look at them and, and um, sometimes, oh yeah, that's all it was. It was just a little, a little stumble, and he's fine. Or, or no, there's still something there. So, mm -hmm. um, no, you're gonna stay back at your trailer. You're not gonna go back out. Everybody's been pulled. 
it, it happens. It's always, you know, just, it's just the nature, you know, the world is that way. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. A little misstep or anything like that. So everybody's been pulled and everybody understands it and there's nothing, you know, okay, no problem. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to take care of the horse, watch the horse. And, and that's the other thing also that the vets are, are there. They're usually there the night before the ride starts. And they're mm -hmm. usually there, you know, hours after the ride finishes, the last horse finishes. So for us, if we want to go ride our horses and do a good conditioning ride, there's nothing better than going to an endurance ride because you got a vet there all the time. So, right. Yeah. You got somebody to take care of your horse in case anything goes wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. so. I love how involved um, it seems like everyone is with, you know, endurance and distance riding just in general with having the vets there and it's it's just really cool and it just sounds like such a great community to be a part of oh yeah it is it is i mean i don't know how many times i've been on trail and seen some uh maybe maybe a person another rider is getting overheated you know and people stop their ride to help that rider mm -hmm. people stop their ride to help a horse i mean it is anything and everything i mean everybody's sharing ideas um to do oh oh you had this little problem you know okay we'll try this you know mm -hmm. um, everybody's always the most important thing is the horse and getting the getting everybody through the ride so it's it's a nice it is very much a very nice community do you and gunner have any um a uh, cool story to share about a ride that you've been on uh we, I, there's a bunch. <laughs> um, the, when you say the, the, a really cool story, I think one of the one that stands out in my mind is we were in um, Michigan doing a ride through a forest. And up there, the forest that didn't have a whole lot of underbrush. It was just these, um, just tall pines. And it was in the morning, early, a little bit of haze. And we're the only ones out there on the trail at that point. And all of a sudden, a white stag white deer with a you know a big rack comes trotting out in front of us and and loping along and it crosses our path and you could see it through the trees for such a long distance that was magical an absolutely magical moment that was so cool um the 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 things you get to see the the rides where you come up over a, a mountain and it's just the the view is amazing um, let me think of a, a, a crazy, oh, my husband was doing a hundred mile ride last year and it was about, so the ride starts at four o'clock in the morning. We get up at two in the morning to get the horses ready. So now it is about three o'clock the following morning. He's been up for over 24 hours. He's riding his horse down and the particular area that he's riding through, this was in Wyoming um is like a white gypsum i guess so the the ground is white the sky is dark it's black it's you know it's night and there's this weird eerie kind of like riding on the moon landscape and mm -hmm. ahead of him he sees these two eyes that are just way up in the air huge like like monster kind of thing, you know, and mm -hmm. it's moving. You can see these eyes and it's looking at him and it's kind of moving towards him as he, as he and another lady are trotting that direction. And it just kind of freaks him out. You know, and I, like I said, he's a manly man, but when he told me that he had to tell himself that there are no such thing as monsters, <laughs> I thought, wow, this is, that had to be really scary. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this big black beast with yellow eyes coming towards him and finally as he got close enough he could see that it was another rider ahead of him that had two reflective dots on the back of her helmet uh. and <laughs> his headlight was was reflecting off of those lights and so it wasn't a monster it was just another rider <laughs> oh that is so fun that's really funny <laughs> Yeah. I was thinking maybe it was like a bear or something. Crazy, yeah. But <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then of course there's all the fun you have when you bring a, a, a new horse into endurance that hasn't been in endurance is like, um, 
his my my husband's newest horse is uh came from the show ring and mm. so he was doing western pleasure and did fine and everything was good and all but he just was he's a a little bit more forward horse and mm -hmm. just needed something more exciting mm -hmm. so but this horse had never done anything outside of the the arena you know mm -hmm. i don't think he'd even been on trail at all even around the the place that they've been um so when he brought him home and took him out on trail the first time is it's uh, so fun to watch a new horse because it's like, oh my gosh, that's a rock. I don't know what a rock is, you know, <laughs> or a hill. How do you go? How does this horse has never gone down a hill before go down a hill? You know, they right. don't, they've never done it. And um, uh, an armadillo, he saw an armadillo the first time. And this horse was terrified of an armadillo um and the water crossing of course mm -hmm. and um then the <laughs> he came up on a across on the through the fence on an, on the other side of the pasture was a a donkey and another horse came running mm -hmm. up through the tall grass and his horse absolutely went into a full gallop standing still you know he was just right. completely, yeah completely contained and standing still but his legs were at a full gallop it was so frightening <laughs> And then, uh, so they went around again and the horse and the donkey came up again. And this time his horse figured out if he actually allows himself to move at that full gallop, then he gets away from what's scaring him. <laughs> so it's, um, it's, it's, that's, uh, it's just priceless to watch those new horses. They're just, they're so much fun. I'm sure it's like watching someone just discover a world for the first time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. But Arabs are so intelligent that mm -hmm. they pick it up so quickly. I mean, it doesn't take much and they're just like, you know, been doing this for years. Well, I honestly could talk to you for so much longer. There's so many interesting things that go into distance riding that I, you know, I, I knew a little bit about the discipline, but not um, as in depth as I've been learning right now with just within this hour i could talk to you for another three hours about distance i did want to ask though before we conclude if there's anything else that you'd like to add that maybe you didn't have a chance to talk about um you know during the meat of our podcast um no i think um i mean yeah i could we could go on for hours and hours <laughs> we um it's um we we love to talk about this subject so um but yeah, I think that's a good start. Uh, I just hope that we really hope people get to, to take the time and spend some time with their horse. I mean, especially right now. I mean, it was what a great time. You can't do anything else. So get out there and ride. Just go develop that deep relationship with your horse and, um, and come out to an endurance or a competitive trail or, um, or a ride and tie, you know, go, go take it to the next level. So before we conclude, I wanted to play a game. Um, it's called This or That. So basically, I'll ask you um, an or question, and then you have to decide which one you would choose. It's kind of a fun game. The first question I have here is music or podcasts? Music or podcasts? Mm. I, mm, that's a tough one. I would say probably my husband listens to podcasts more than music. So I guess that would be the answer would be podcast. Podcasts? Yeah. I love podcasts too. I have so many that I listen to. It's endless. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Oh, me too. Big, big <laughs> coffee girl. <laughs> Gotta be caffeinated, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, I think I might know the answer to this one. Um, riding in the arena or outside? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> outside. <laughs> that, was a, that was a gimme. <laughs> yeah. I do have, if, if, with that, if you don't mind, I do have one little story. Oh, we, yeah, please share. Uh, um, we have our first uh, Arabian Horse Association National Championship, Distance National Championship. Uh, we had a half Arab. Who was qualified and Gunner's son rode that half Arab um, in that ride. And with the those business nationals, they allow open ride to go on at the same time. So we were able to ride our horses 
with his son through most of the ride. Mm -hmm. And as we got close to the end, we said, okay, his son's name is Kelvin. We said, Kelvin, go, you just take off, you go, you finish this ride. Um, Cause there was another horse I think that passed him. So he comes in he finishes the ride and he actually gets reserve champion for half Arab. And this particular horse um, had a, he was a rescue horse and he had had a barn fall on him at one point in his life. So he's extremely claustrophobic. So whenever they, they finished and they made the announcements and everything, and then they said the awards were going to be done at, at, at uh, U.S. Nationals in Tulsa. So we were all going to trailer over and get to get the, a trophy and everything at U.S. Nationals. So that was really cool. So we did, and Blaze is the horse's name. Mm-hmm. So Kelvin rode Blaze into this arena. And that poor horse was the most <laughs> terrified animal you've ever seen. Oh, no. <laughs> it was someplace inside an arena with all these cheering people. And it was really, really, really scary. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely outside. <laughs> <laughs> definitely outside. Yeah. That was a good story, though. Thanks for sharing that. Next question. Do you prefer cake or pie? Oh, I'm, I'm a cake. And my husband is, is a cake. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Polo wraps or splint boots? Mm. Splint boots. Splint boots. Me yeah. too. They're easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they also hold in less heat. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So for, you know, for depending on your discipline, you know, you, for us, especially, we don't want the heat, so. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, oceans or mountains? Mm. Mountains. Both. Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah. My my husband is a world sailor, so he he oh, uh, wow. he spent a quite a few years on the ocean, so he's wow, a, very oh. cool. <laughs> oh, yes, but best of both worlds, right? <laughs> Okay, um, early riser or night owl? Night owl. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Me too. I think it's the reason for the coffee. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's why we need coffee because we stay up too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is it for all my questions, our little game here. Um, and with that, just want to thank you again for coming on. Super appreciate it. And I'm really excited for. Um, everyone to get to listen to and learn more about distance riding. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arabian Horse Connection, the official podcast of the Arabian Horse Association, where we showcase the diversity of the Arabian horse community from industry titans, backyard heroes, and amateur contenders. Do you think you might have content for the Arabian Horse Connection podcast? We would love to hear from you. Please send your suggestions to marketing at arabianhorses.org. We'll see you next time, folks.